What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mind Over Macros podcast. And as always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today, I am going to start a series that I began on Instagram. So you can follow along at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Um, basically, it was a series that I began on neurotransmitters. And one of my followers basically DM'd me and was like, you should probably do a podcast uh, you know, series about the same thing. So I thought that was a good idea because I like the fact that I can elaborate more and not have to condense everything into a small Instagram caption. And basically every time I write one of these, I, I have to continue in the comments and you know, there's so much more that I want to say and I'm kind of confined to you know, a certain character limit. So I get to chat about it on the podcast, hopefully give you guys some more information on neurotransmitters. Basically, we're just going to run through uh, some of the important neurotransmitters that, uh, well, basically they control everything that we do uh, from our mood to our movements, to our emotions, to our sense of well-being, to our pleasure, uh, to how we perform, to how we feel in the gym, to how we recover. Like basically every single bodily function neurotransmitters have some sort of impact on that. So it's kind of important to at least have some of, you know, an understanding of what they do, uh, the different neurotransmitter systems uh, and the role that they play and, and kind of how all that looks when it comes to, you know, following a nutrition or a training plan. You'll start to see that there's a relationship between neurotransmitters and personality types and that's going to have a big impact on uh, what type of nutrition you gravitate towards, what type of training you gravitate towards, what's easier to adhere to, what makes you feel better from like a neurological perspective, from a mood perspective, you know, increased motivation and focus. And um, so we're going to get started. This will probably be a seven or eight part series. Uh, you know, there'll be quick episodes, but I'm just going to go over you know, some of the more important neurotransmitters and the role that they play, why it's important that we have an understanding. So we're going to start today with dopamine and the dopaminergic system. And so when we talk about the systems of neurotransmitters, basically like the neurotransmitter itself is simply just a chemical messenger. Um, think of it as like little male men and women, you know, running around your brain and body, you know, handing off uh, mail like that has a message. It's it's trying to get a message across. Um, so when we talk about the system, you know, we have the neurotransmitter itself, um, and then it's communicating between neurons in our body. Um, and so you know, we also have receptors to that. So you know, dopamine receptors um, in effect, an efficient dopaminergic system means that we are highly sensitive to dopamine. So the receptors are sensitive to the dopamine message. In other words, we don't have to produce a lot of it to get the point across. It would be like if I had really good hearing, that would be the equivalent of being sensitive to a neurotransmitter or even to a hormone. So somebody who is dopamine sensitive, it's like they have very good hearing. So they only need a low level of dopamine to get that message across. They don't need to overproduce it or produce a lot of it because they've got great hearing. They can already get that message home. Um, somebody who is not as sensitive, there needs to be a louder signal. Now, dopamine is known as our pleasure neurotransmitter. Um, so, you know, like the, the reward neurotransmitter responsible for pleasure. Um, and what we typically see with dopamine sensitive individuals 
is that they are risk takers. You know, they like to, uh, you know, they like to explore new things. They like to try new things. They, they get easily addicted to that dopamine response. So the way that it works is, you know, something that gives you pleasure, um, you know, let's just say it's climbing a mountain. Um, you know, they climb a mountain and there's a strong, because they're so sensitive, there's a, a dopamine release. They're so sensitive to that dopamine release that the reward that they get from climbing that mountain is, is heightened. It makes them feel great. And so where, where somebody might look at you know, climbing a mountain as, I don't want to do that, it's not worth it. Uh, somebody who's dopamine sensitive, you know, jumping out of a plane or riding a motorcycle, they get such a strong reward feeling from that pleasure neurotransmitter that um, you know, it's almost like the Pavlov's dog theory. Basically, they want to do it again. Um, and they almost become addicted to their own brain chemistry, their own neurotransmitter. So uh, we see dopamine sensitive individuals are more prone to addiction with things like gambling, with things like drugs and sex, uh, because they have such a heightened response to it. Now, there are also personality traits that go along with that. uh, Because of the dopamine sensitivity, they're going to be more confident, more extroverted, more exploratory, you know, more risk takers, um, basically, they're seeking out behaviors to potentiate them, to get that spike in dopamine. That's what they crave. Um, the issue arises with, you know, the more that we produce a certain neurotransmitter, and this applies for hormones as well, uh, the more that we desensitize our receptors to that neurotransmitter or hormone. So in the case of our dopamine-sensitive individual, the more that they do that same act over and over and over again, the less potentiated they're going to be from doing it. So in other words, let's, let's use the uh, you know, riding a motorcycle analogy. You know, they jump on a motorcycle, they ride fast, they feel that dopamine release, they get a strong pleasure and reward response from it, so they want to do it again, and then they do it again. The same thing happens. And over, over time, over and over again, um, their receptors become desensitized. And so that, the amount of dopamine that's produced from that activity is lower, and they're not getting as strong of a pleasure response from it. So now they look at something that would be even more intense. So that's where you see you know, addiction like, all right, well, I tried this drug and that kind of ran its course. So now I need to try you know, an even more intense drug or you know, it, it can be anything. It can be you know, addiction to, to sex, to gambling. Uh, basically, they, they continue to go through the motions of that activity and it's no longer producing the same effect that it was. So they need to heighten that response. Um, And in today's society, we have a challenge on our hands because there are so many things around us that cause dopamine spikes. Now, every single time you check Instagram, any single time you turn on blue lights, you watch your TV, um, you know, you check social media, all of that is going to come with a dopamine spike. And literally every single like, every time you look at your phone and you see, you know, so-and-so liked my photo, you're getting a dopamine hit. So if you've ever, you know, checked Instagram to see how many likes you got, closed out of the app and literally 17 seconds checked again to see if you got any new likes, you're basically, that's that dopamine response. Um, You're kind of craving that again um, and, and to see if you can get that pleasure response from another person liking your photo. So 
Um, obviously, the <laughs> engineers that we're up against, you know, when it comes to things like TV and social media and you know everything that we have on our smartphones, like they know what they're doing. These are kind of engineered to play on our brain chemistry um, to keep us, you know, addicted. Basically, they want us on their sites for as long as possible, and they want us coming back. So um, there's a strong um, dopamine hit when it comes to social media, when it comes to blue lights. And so establishing some sort of practice around how we handle technology, it's going to be really important, um, you know, when it, you know, when we talk about kind of the health space moving forward, um, that's like the next big thing that I think we're up against. But um, I don't want to get sidetracked too much. Uh, there is also a strong relationship between dopamine and serotonin and dopamine and adrenaline, which will be important as we progress through this series. So serotonin is uh, a neurotransmitter that calms us down. So it basically tells our neurons to stop firing so fast. Dopamine is an excitatory neurotransmitter in that it amps up the nervous system. Serotonin calms it down. Now, there's a relationship between dopamine and serotonin. And interestingly enough, when people are dealing with depression, um, oftentimes they will get an SSRI, which is basically a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And what it does is it helps serotonin stay more active in the body. So, you know, it wants you to kind of feel good. Serotonin, as we'll cover later on in this series, is the neurotransmitter that's kind of responsible for our sense of well-being. Uh, but typically, it's often a dopamine issue. Um, we'll see that somebody who is depleted of dopamine um, has no motivation they can't focus. They don't feel like they get no pleasure. Um, basically, they uh, have no drive, very like lethargic, lazy, um, just feel like crap. And a lot of the times uh, when it comes to depressive-like symptoms, uh, we think that it's a serotonin issue, which it can be. But oftentimes, it is actually a dopamine issue. And there's a relationship between the two in that if serotonin gets too low in comparison to dopamine our bodies will actually increase our adrenaline, which is made downstream from dopamine because it will kind of use up, quote unquote, use up the resources from dopamine to lower it, which will balance out the dopamine to serotonin ratio. So I hope that makes sense. But we'll cover that more as we get into adrenaline and serotonin. You'll understand the relationship between all of them. Uh, But just hope that gives you kind of a, a picture of you know, dopamine dominant individuals are those that are sensitive to dopamine. So typically your extroverted, exploratory risk takers, more confident, um, and then they are potentiated by any increase in dopamine. So easily addicted, uh, very competitive. They will um, go to great lengths to get that dopamine rush. So, you know, somebody who is dopamine dominant or dopamine sensitive uh, you know, climbing a mountain to them, it, they'll outwork you just to get that that pleasure response. They're competitive. They want they'll seek out you know arguments or conflict just to get that pleasure response from it. Um, and so that is kind of our first part of this series and understanding the dopaminergic system, how dopamine works in the body, and why it's important, and then how it kind of manifests itself in different personality traits. Um, and we'll kind of wrap up the series by talking about why that matters when it comes to training nutrition, which will be um, kind of just to take everything from a neurotransmitter standpoint, brain chemistry standpoint, and kind of wrap it all up into 
health and fitness. Um, so I hope you guys found that interesting. If you do, please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And as always, tag me on Instagram, screenshot that you were listening and post it to your stories. Hit me up at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and I will talk to you guys very soon.